This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Talk money to me. Hello and welcome to Talk Money To Me. This is your Need To Know financial podcast. I'm Candice Burke. And I'm Felicity Thomas. Now, thank you for joining us today as we have another very special guest, the CEO of WeBit Nano, Kobe Hannock. WeBit is a leading developer of next generation semiconductor memory technology. The code on the ASX is WBT and the market cap's around 482 million. Last traded at $2.84 as of the 16th of August, 2022. Now, what's interesting is the company was actually incorporated in 2015 with a vision of creating a leap forward in storage and computing capabilities that will drive the proliferation of intelligent devices, such devices from tiny internet of things sensors to advanced IA and cloud computing. They have the potential to address, honestly, some of the world's largest challenges. And we're going to hear those challenges when we jump into our conversation with Kobe. And we are bringing to you a lot of uh, interesting episodes with CEOs or higher management of listed companies because, Felicity, it's reporting season, right? So That's it. this is the busiest time in our calendar and there's just so much market information to go through. And a bit of history before we do jump into the conversation with Kobe. This company dates back to 2015. It was a startup in Israel. Founded on the roots of research and patents developed by Professor James Tour of Rice University with the primary goal of productizing the RERAM technology, which... If you don't know what that is, don't worry. We're going to tell you all about it. Well, in fact, Kobe is going to give us the 101 on what that is. That's it, because he's much better at it than us. Well, he's an engineer, <laughs> right? And I just know it sounds good. Our chat today is not considered personal advice. You hear this all the time from us. Even though we are registered financial advisors at Shore and Partners, please note that this podcast and the content discussed does not constitute as financial advice, nor is a financial product. All right. That's out of the way. Let's get stuck into this week's episode because we're bursting to give you the information. Here we go. That's it. Welcome, Kobe, to Talk Money to Me. Hi, good afternoon. Uh, we're really excited to be speaking to you today and to give our listeners some context. So you joined WeBit Nano with 15 years experience in engineering and engineering management, and you have 26 years experience in sales management and executive roles. Can you give us a little bit of background on yourself and what actually drew you to become the CEO of WeBit Nano? Yeah, I think uh, you know this is uh, clearly uh, for me a highlight in in my career. I started off as an engineer, uh, learned uh, uh, hardware engineering, and uh, I worked for eleven years as an engineer in National Semiconductors, uh, where I I grew into engineering management roles. Uh, I then went to France. There was uh, an interesting project there for. Uh, to build a European supercomputer, and I was uh, managing one of the teams there. Uh, it was a very interesting project, uh, and I, I started gaining more international experience there. 
actually, I should mention something that normally people don't think about, but my childhood has been moving around from one country to the other. I started off in um, uh, when I was three months old. My parents moved to Uruguay, and then uh, we came back to Israel. We went to New York. I was four years in New York, uh, and uh, my uh, teenage years were three years in Texas. So I, uh, I consider myself someone who's, uh, who has a lot of international background, which really fed into what happened to me later on in my career, knowing the different cultures and, and understanding the different international background. Uh, so, you know, I came back from France. Uh, I started a company together with four friends called Vericity. Uh, That's where I did my transition to the business and sales and international work, where uh, 10 years later, uh, we uh, we sold the company for $315 million U.S. to Cadence. Uh, After that, I... I helped. There was a startup that was uh, basically going bankrupt, and I joined as CEO, and I turned it around. I put them back on on track, and now they're one of the leaders in their field. I continued to set up my own consulting company, and for many years, I was consulting startups and helping them set up their worldwide uh, business and sales. And uh, I guess I was involved in another one of those startups. Actually, took me as a contractor to be VP Sales and. Uh, we managed to uh, double the sales in three years, and then I got them sold uh, again, another exit of 170 million U.S. dollars. And then uh, as uh, when I was working as a contractor, Webet approached me initially to join the board, and uh, the previous CEO had personal issues, so he asked me to take over, and uh, here I am. And on the back of all your you know, world experience, you've got a fantastic international accent. I'm trying to kind of guess where you're originally from. I'm at least ninth generation Israeli. So. <laughs> ninth generation, there you go. So from the layman's perspective, because you're obviously an engineer by background, can you explain to us exactly the technology of RERAM and how it works? you know, and how the technology is used in everyday life that we would be familiar with. Basically, what we're talking about, when you manufacture semiconductors, uh, there's the uh, there's the wafer, and on top of that, you start building the transistors and everything, and then you have metal layers, and in between them, you have all kinds of things. Uh, and what we basically do is, between two metal layers, we put uh, a material uh, which is called porous, uh, so theoretically, you could think of it as, as if it has some holes in it, and when you apply a certain voltage between those metal layers, it causes metal ions to go into that uh, material that's between them and create a short circuit. So that's kind of a logical one. Uh, And then when you apply the voltage in the other way, the ions basically move away and you have an open circuit and that's a logical zero. So in in a very simplistic way, that's basically what happens. Uh, The good news is that even when there's no current around, the ions don't move. So you don't lose that situation when you cut off the power. And that's why this is called a non-volatile memory because it retains uh, the data even 
even when there's no power. So it's more efficient. Efficiency is measured in many different terms in uh, in the semiconductor world. You have speed, you have power, you have voltage, you have uh, a lot of different uh, parameters. Uh, it is uh, very important to have non-volatile memory. If you think about it, there are so many electronic devices that at a certain point you need to disconnect them from the power you know all of the yeah. all of the mobile devices the cell phone and wearables and whatever you know the battery runs out and you don't want all the data to suddenly disappear mm -hmm. so it's very important that the memory retains the data and that's the big advantage of non-volatile memory and so in the space that you're in you know what is the addressable market because we know the semiconductor space is massive the the portable devices industry is massive and growing but you know any comment from your perspective on on what you see your total addressable market to be and the opportunity here really so the market is huge because there's practically no uh, semiconductor device or no serious semiconductor device except for very tiny sensors or whatever that doesn't need memory. You know, every device that you look at needs to store some sort of data. If it's some sort of code that when you turn the machine on, the boot uh, it boots up the machine. If it's uh, coefficients or uh, security keys or any other parameters that enable the machine to work, you need that data to be there when the machine turns on. So, uh, you know, all of this is very important. And I'm not even talking about the fact that when you store pictures or videos or audio or whatever, you want it to be there and you don't want it to disappear when the power goes out. The reality is that practically any electronic device you can think of needs non-volatile memory. We are focusing initially on, on places where we have a big advantage and they are, you know, low-hanging low fruit like uh, yeah. uh, like sensors, like power management tools. You know, today with all of the uh, mobile gadgets or mobile um, devices, uh, everything needs, you know, uh, the power supply and to charge and, and all of that. And those are really very good uh, markets for us. Uh, but uh, IoT, you know, all of these Internet of Things, uh, they need low power and they, they're operating normally on batteries and they need to consume as minimum amount of power as possible and, and we're very low power. So there's really a very broad range of potential for us. Yeah, and I guess Internet of Things is a huge investment thematic uh, for a lot of people. Um, so, Kobe, why RAM over traditional memory? Noting that you said it's got the right balance between flash memory and DRAM, that not only is it fast, but it's also cost-effective and energy-efficient. Yeah, so if you look at the traditional memories, uh, you have, well, first of all, there's the volatile memories and the non-volatile. Now, volatile memories are very fast. That's traditionally the, the reason why they're used is they are very, very fast. So you want them to be right next to the processor. The processor uses them as scratch pads or, you know, uh, places to store temporary things in order to work really fast. The non-volatile memory traditionally and, and the, nor the technology that's been used for the last several decades is called flash. Uh, it is much slower 
And it's also limited in the number of times you can actually write into it. You know, uh, the flash normally after a thousand writes, you know, sometimes maybe 10,000 if you're lucky, uh, it'll be used up. The RRAM has this great combination. On the one hand, it's much, much faster than Flash. We're talking about orders of magnitude faster than Flash. Uh, it's much closer to DRAM in that sense, uh, which is DRAM is a volatile memory. It's much faster almost at the speed of, uh, of DRAM. On the other hand, it is also much lower power. Uh, you can write into it the endurance, what's called, is much higher. Uh, in our case, it'll be uh, 100,000 to a million times that you can write, so about two orders of magnitude better than um, than flash. Uh, the speed, it, it operates faster. So we have a lot of advantages over flash, and that's really what's um, intriguing the customers right now. Okay, amazing. And so that's kind of what you're targeting, like you said, the low-hanging fruit and people that are still using mm-hmm. flash memory. Would that be right? Uh, yes. I mean, at the end of the day, flash memory today controls the non-volatile memory market. There are several yeah. nuances. There's NOR flash, NAND flash, but I won't go into those details. Uh, <laughs> and we are clearly looking at replacing flash uh, starting from specific niches and growing and, and uh, taking over more and more of that uh, market. Uh, you know, the, the non-volatile memory market is expected to reach uh, about 100, mi- 100 billion U.S. dollars in just a few years. It's, very, it's a very big market. Actually, it's, uh, memory is the largest niche today, I don't want to call it a niche, but the largest segment in the semiconductor space. It's really the most critical element. Uh, you know, people talk about backing up all the data to the cloud and, and they don't realize the cloud is just, just huge data centers that have unbelievable amounts of non-volatile memory in them so that they can back up all these videos and Instagram and TikTok and, and all these other <laughs> things. Um, so that's huge. And then, as I said, just any gadget that you have has so much data to to store. So a huge opportunity there. And by the way, one point that I didn't mention is also, and and that's, again, one of the uh, key features of our RERAM is that we are we can deal with much higher temperatures. So I didn't talk about automotive, but today all of these autonomous vehicles, uh, cars are starting to have so many electronic components in them. You know, the new cars are are getting close to a thousand uh, electronic components in them. And, you know, a very large number of them need non-volatile memory. And and some of those need to operate in in hot environments. Uh, So we have that uh, advantage. And, uh, you know, I didn't really talk about maybe the the most important one of all, which is we're much simpler and cheaper to manufacture uh, flash. Uh, Our technology uh, inherently is what's called back end of line. You add the RRAM at the later stage of the manufacturing, towards the end of the manufacturing. So it's much easier to manufacture it. It has uh, no impact, basically, on the design that's underneath it, Uh, unlike Flash, which actually impacts the design and and designers need to take it into account. As I said, we have uh, a lot of advantages over Flash, uh, which are really uh, uh, exciting the potential customers now. 
Yeah, huge um, advantage. And Kobe, I want to pick up on a comment you just made that it's more cost effective, the technology that you're developing. What about, um, I don't even know the ESG factors, like is there any impact from from this technology that you're you're creating to make it more efficient, like you've just explained, mm-hmm. from an from an ESG perspective. Uh, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're now uh, doing a, a deep analysis because uh, our technology is uh, is actually very uh, environmentally friendly. Uh, we are using uh, standard materials that are out there, not any um, rare earth materials, not any. Um, um, toxic or, or whatever materials. Uh, and that's uh, one of the things that I'm very proud of because many of the different technologies use all kinds of, uh, you know, more special materials. Uh, so we're, we're now conducting a study and, and we should have results uh, in a few months uh, of uh, where we stand in that sense versus uh, other memories. Well, that'll be interesting to read for sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have any progress update that you could potentially share with us with regards to existing fabricators? Yeah, we're we're in a really really exciting period now. Um, so there has been a lot of progress, and and you know I'm crossing my fingers. I believe there will be, uh, you know, even more in the next twelve months. It took a long time, and actually we, you know, it's kind of funny. People are saying, "Oh, it took you so long to develop this technology," but but actually, we did it in, in almost record time. You know, most uh, companies developing memory technology, it takes them, you know, 10, 15 years to develop the technology. Uh, we are really working on it since um, uh, we started the company in 2015, and we already have a good technology in our hand. Uh, we signed our first commercial agreement with Skywater, which is a U.S.-based fab. A fab is where you manufacture semiconductors. Uh, so they licensed the technology. Uh, we managed to transfer the technology to their facility and did what's called a tape out. So we sent a, a design, uh, including our memory, to manufacture in uh, Skywater. And that's a key uh, milestone. That's a very, very important milestone. The first time that you actually send to manufacturing in a in a mass production facility. Uh, we're expecting to get those wafers back before the end of the year and, and qualify them. So have them undergo intensive testing in order for them to for for Skywater to be ready for mass production of our technology um, early next year. Uh, so that's that's been the work with Skywater. In parallel, we're now talking to uh, several other key uh, fabs, big fabs. Uh, we have now what's called initial qualification results. So we've been running a very intensive testing on the wafers that were manufactured in our R&D facility uh, in, at Leti. And I didn't mention Leti, but they're a very, very good partner for us. It's an R&D uh, facility that has state-of-the-art fabrication uh, capabilities. And so we're doing now very intensive testing there. Uh, qualification is really a, uh, a very organized uh, procedure that's defined by a standards organization. And we're going through the steps there. We have very good results. And uh, again, that's... Uh, 
pulling the attention uh, of um, of the big fabs. So uh, a lot of very interesting uh, discussions now moving into the commercial phase. Yeah, that's always really, really exciting to hear um, because actually today, and I know it's different to what you guys do, but 40S, um, basically their technology was off about 70% today on ASX because theirs was proven not to actually work mm-hmm. at this stage. Um, so with WeBit, you're a little bit different. You're kind of further down the track um, that you're basically 100% verified at this stage, would you say? Well, first of all, uh, you know, I'm never, uh, I'm the type of person that's never glad to see uh, uh, my competitors suffer. Uh, they are going through a very difficult time. And, and I guess it more than anything, it just demonstrates how difficult it is to develop a semiconductor technology. I mean, they, uh, they've they been working very hard at it and, and they still hit a lot of issues. Uh, you know, I'm very proud of, of WeBit in the sense of our team. I think we have a, a phenomenal team. The, maybe the thing that I'm most proud of is, is the team that we managed to assemble with people, uh, you know, from the top, uh, uh, definitely uh, the best guys, and each one of them is the best guy in Israel in his field, and, and they're very well known in, in the industry. Uh, and we're managing to overcome, you know, we, obviously we also have some uh technical challenges as we proceed, but uh, the team manages to overcome them and move forward. And, and I'm very proud of of our uh, results. Uh, the technology, we're constantly improving it. Uh, you know, it's, it's the type of thing that the moment that you stop improving, you're falling behind. So we're constantly improving. We have very good results, as we mentioned, uh, you know, the, the module that we developed uh, has been shown to be fully functional and uh, it's showing good results. We, we went one step further than what people normally do. You know, you have the memory array itself, you know, the, the, the bits that you store. But then there's what's called the memory module, which is logic that controls that array. It's the logic that knows how to read and write from that array and and basically manage it. And that logic interfaces to the rest of the chip. Now, we went even one step further and we built a demonstration chip, which is actually a full system. Uh, so we added a processor and, and uh, uh, you know, the, the whole co- the communication and everything else. And that's our demo chip that we manufactured. And I'm really proud to say that the demo chip is working well. We demonstrated it today uh, already in, in a couple of conferences, got very good feedback. Uh, this demo chip, we can actually give it to uh, customers Customers so that they can uh, try to even use it and, and simulate what it would look like if they would uh, Im- embed our memory into their environment. So, yes, we, we've gone a long way already. Yeah, definitely you have. So you've mentioned, um, you know, one competitor, 4D memory, but who else out there is your competitor in your opinion? And I guess any big players for our listeners that, you know, pops into your head that are in the same space as you in terms of the technology that you're developing? There are different classes of uh, competition. If I start from our little domain of, uh, well, not little, but our domain of, of RERAM, uh, there was, there is 4DS, you know. Uh, uh, there were also two other companies that were 
to a certain extent uh, ahead of us. They started, both of them started like 15 years ago or so. Uh, one of them uh, called Crossbar, uh, I guess three years ago, they, they already raised a lot of money, uh, but they, they got to the point where, again, I'm, I'm speculating, uh, but uh, it seems like they were using... Uh, some non-standard materials or things like that. I don't know exactly what happened there, but at a certain point, they they didn't manage to get through, and and some Chinese took over. Mm-hmm. So you know they're still around, but we don't hear of them anymore, uh, except for China. Uh, another competitor, Adesto, uh, was acquired by uh, Dialog, which was later acquired by Renesas. Um, Right now, Renesas doesn't seem to be focusing on the RERAM side. They acquired Dialog for other technologies. We were lucky to hire Ishai uh, Nave as our CTO from Adesto. He's one of the founders of Adesto. So we we, we benefited a lot Scooped from that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so I, I feel like today we're really among the uh, the, the emerging companies. We're, uh, we're definitely, uh, I think, the leader, I, I can already say. Um, there are, you know, the, the the other big competitor is TSMC, the, the biggest fab in the world that announced that they have their technology, which actually was great for us because as soon as they announced that, all the other fabs in the world were, oh, my God, we need to compete with that. Where do we find such a technology? <laughs> we did. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that was really great for us. And, um, and, and we're having very interesting discussions with some of the other fabs uh, thanks to that. There is another type of new memory called MRAM, magnetic RAM, uh, that actually came out to the market before us. So there are companies already selling it, uh, you know, most notably maybe Everspin in the U.S. Yeah. MRAM, you know, the, the word magnetic already says it all. It's, uh, it's a very difficult uh, material. Um, manufacturing it is, is really difficult. You know, we add maybe 5% to the total cost of, uh, of uh, manufacturing a wafer, you know, five, seven percent maybe. MRAM is more like uh, 30, 40 additional, uh, 40 percent additional cost to manufacturing um, a wafer. So it's it's much more expensive. Uh, you need special tools. Uh, you know, it has its issues. If you if MRAM is in a in a highly magnetic environment, like in a hospital or other places, you might have some issues there. So we we feel that uh, as uh, as we get out to market, we can take uh, a, a large part of that uh, market as well. Um, and then there's the flash market, of course, which is a very big one. There are very big players there. Um, so it's a uh, it's a big market, as I said, 100 billion US dollars. But yeah. uh, and the market likes to have competition, but there's a, a lot of room for us. Yeah, healthy competition. Healthy competition is never a bad thing. So we've gone high level with you, Kobe, on the technology and you know I guess the addressable market that you're seeing today and the opportunities, which is fantastic. We want to now sort of pivot towards looking at the company in more um, detail in terms of the financials and of course hearing the outlook for the next 12, 24 months and beyond. But before we do that, we're just going to take a short break to hear from our sponsors. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Kobe, a big, I guess, market is defense. Is your technology at all suited to defense applications? Definitely. Uh, first of all, Skywater, for the people who don't know, uh, their large customers are actually the U.S. Uh, Department of Defense. Wow. And that's they're the only 100 percent U.S. foundry today. So uh, uh, when when President Joe Biden was announcing that he, he was going to give uh, what's called the CHIP Act, the CHIPS Act, uh, 52 billion U.S. dollars to the semiconductor industry, he was actually holding a Skywater wafer in his hand. <laughs> was he? Uh, no way. And, <laughs> oh, good. And uh, so, uh, you know, they are very focused, uh, not only, I mean, now they're growing into the commercial space but they, you could say, originated or a lot of their contracts were defense. Uh, one of the things about RERAM, again, another advantage that we have is we're inherently um, uh, immune to radiation. So what's called red heart uh, in the industry. So we can, you can take our RERAM to space and, uh, uh, you know, all of the solar uh, radiation and whatever will basically you know, not impact us or practically not impact us. Uh, that's uh, a, a key advantage. So, uh, yeah, we're talking to defense companies as well. When you keep mentioning the product, and I hope you took a photo of Biden with uh, with it in his hand, right? Because that's just great marketing for your business. <laughs> great marketing. It was in all the newspapers. Oh, fantastic. I keep thinking of Skywalker, you know, you're defending the universe. So that, whoever named that, hats off to that person. So I guess jumping more into, you know, the Biden announcement, because that's massive, right? And we saw a lot of stocks react to that. You know, positive, negative impacts. Give us kind of more detail that you're seeing when you saw that announcement. Um, you know, in the office, were you guys having a bit of a party and celebration? I'm imagining this is very positive for Webit. Yes. You know, I've, I've been in the semiconductor industry for, for quite some time. And one of the things that was very clear was how, you know, back in the 80s, uh, you know, manufacturing was really done in the U.S. Uh, Europe had some some key facilities and over time, everything drifted to China. Now, semiconductors are very, very strategic. You know, if you think about it, just try to imagine the world without cell phones, without, you know, today any car, even the, the simpler cars have, you know, uh, 150, 200 components in them already. Uh, you know, all of these uh, things that you have around you, your refrigerator, your washing machine, everything has, you know, semiconductors in them. And suddenly, you know, the world drifted towards having everything done in China uh, and, and especially in Taiwan, actually, I should say. Mm -hmm. uh, so 
Uh, I think that uh, the fact that now the U.S. and Europe and, and everyone uh, have been uh, investing in this is, is good news. It's, uh, it's good to see that um, the, there will be some better balance in the world. Um, the investment, by the way, is huge. The $52 billion in the U.S. Is, is just a small part of the huge investment worldwide. Uh, you know, Europe has invested a similar amount, Taiwan, uh, South uh, Korea. Singapore, India, everyone's investing huge amounts of money in uh, pushing forward the semiconductor industry because, you know, obviously, take a look at the top 10 market cap companies in the world. You know, 10 years ago, not that long, 10 years, uh, 11 years ago, there was only one semiconductor company in that list. I mean, you had Citicorp, you had um, Exxon. Uh, uh, you, I mean, it was basically financial and, and um, uh, energy companies. Today, nine out of 10, if I'm not mistaken, are either semiconductor companies or extremely heavily uh, uh, based on, on semiconductor. So I think that's really the key, uh, the, the thing that shows you where the world is heading. And, uh, and I'm really happy to see that big investment. It's going to be very helpful. Of course, we're going to be riding that wave as, uh, <laughs> and, and getting as much as we can out of it. Of course. I mean, so you mentioned kind of uh, China, right, and Taiwan. So there's obviously quite a lot of ten tension with China, US, Taiwan. You know, do you think there's going to be any ramifications for the semiconductor market? Or could it actually be an acceleration of customer take-up, you know, acceptance in the US? Uh, well, the situation in Taiwan is is something that everyone should worry about because uh, today, uh, uh, you know, a very significant part, I'm talking about much more than half of the manufacturing in the world is done in Taiwan. And, and again, just imagine if, uh, if something happens there and suddenly all of that manufacturing uh, uh, stops. So uh, it is very important uh, what's happening there. Um, you know, I'm actually glad that uh, there's going to be a lot of investment worldwide so we can leverage, uh, leverage that both in U.S., in Europe, in, in the rest of the world. And, and we are still, you know, talking to, to Chinese uh, fabs. I mean, China is still a very important market and it's not like Weber has ruled it out. We had in the past, we had a big focus on China and today we're continuing to work with Chinese um, uh, companies uh, exploring opportunities in China. Yeah, that's fantastic. So essentially, the world is your oyster, yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> so that's all good for all the wee bitters listening. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk money now. So we know that as of April 22, you had about 53 million in cash, which would last over four years, you know, for your current uh, burn rate, which is good to know that you're well funded for those years ahead. So how's your revenue model going to look like? You mentioned it would be cheaper, the technology you're developing. You know, can you give us more uh, to unpack what the revenue model will look like going forward? So uh, first, just to kind of correct a little bit, the, the way that ASX measures things is not really good for uh, a growing company. You know, the, if you look at the, the burn rate of a, a certain quarter and you just divide the cash by that, you sometimes you get a very small number, sometimes you get a very big number just because of a specific expense. Uh, so just to 
set the record straight. Right now, we're very happy with our cash position. We had some very good uh, raises uh, over the past uh, couple of years. Uh, we're well funded, uh, you know, to to, la- to go uh, and do what we're planning at, at least till the end of uh, 2023 and, and beyond. So we're in a good position. It's not four years, but still very good position. Uh, we bit um, traditionally, whoever kind of looks at our finances can see that uh, towards the end of the year, we, we normally have some larger expenses uh, related to uh, the R&D work and so on. Uh, to answer your question, uh, the, the memory market is actually, you know, there are two big segments in it. There's what's called embedded and uh, discrete or standalone. So the embedded segment is what Webit is focused on today. Uh, And that means you take a memory and you embed it into what's called a system on a chip. You know, since everything in semiconductors has been shrinking so much, you can put a full system on a single chip with a processor, with memory, with communication and everything and have that whole thing on one single chip. Um, so our big focus uh, today is on that embedded market. And in that market, we don't actually have a product that we manufacture. It's our customers that embed our memory into their system on a chip, and then they manufacture it. So the business model in that market is IP licensing. Mm-hmm. Okay. The customer, first, when they engage with us, they will sign a licensing agreement yep. and pay us a certain license fee. Uh, Many of them will want us to adapt our memory to their specific chip, to their specific system on a chip. Uh, And so they will pay us uh, NRE, non-recurrent engineering, uh, to basically uh, do that adaptation. And the key revenue is once they reach mass production, then we'll get royalties uh, from their sales. So that's uh, the business model that's common in this uh, semiconductor IP space. That's the beauty sky moment, right? Yeah, like a few different revenue streams. Yeah, that's that's really uh, the great moment. So, yeah, so in terms of expectations, and and it's always important that everyone understands how this thing works, uh, you know, we hope to finish qualification or we believe we'll finish qualification with Skywater early next year and then we'll be able to go into mass production. In parallel to that, we are pushing forward to find those first customers. Uh, You know, the thing is, customers normally like to wait until they see qualification done and they have a much uh, better sense of confidence in in everything. Um, But we're trying to get customers on board already now that uh, will uh, want to start working with us, seeing the potential and and seeing that Webit meets its milestones uh, on a regular basis, uh, because once they engage with us, they still have, uh, you know, the time that it takes them to design their product and embed us in it until they get to their to mass production. Uh, and that's when you start seeing the, the really big revenues of, of royalties. On the customer side of things, you know, interested to know, are you acquiring them? Are they coming to you naturally? Like, how are you, you know, getting your pipeline of customers in play at the moment? Uh, in, in different ways. Uh, on the one hand, uh, you know, we're looking and we're approaching some of them that we think are good 
potentials. Uh, several of them saw us in, in trade shows. We recently started going to quite a few trade shows and they saw us and they came to us. Some of them are customers of Skywater, for example, when they saw the announcement, they came to us. Uh, so, and, and Skywater is now approaching their customers and, and looking for, for those. So there's many different ways of, of approaching them. Uh, you know, we're, we're very focused on expanding and going beyond Skywater to additional fabs uh, so that we can get more customers, people that are manufacturing in additional fabs. Uh, so there's a lot of work going on right now. Does Webit have any plans beyond embedded memory? Uh, yes, yes. We uh, we clearly want to go into the standalone memory market as well. Uh, we announced already over the years that we're working on that. Today, it's more in the background, but still uh, we announced progress in the standalone space. The requirements of that market are much more extreme. Uh, they really push you to the limits and, and especially there's a, an additional component that we'll need to manufacture or to, to develop, which is called a selector. And uh, we already announced that we managed to get uh, our, uh, our memory, uh, uh, memory bits working with a selector that we've been licensing from Letty from our partner. And, and we're, we're continuing to work on improving that technology, on adapting it. So there's a lot of work going on that in the background. It's, it's going to take, uh, you know, st there still is quite a bit of work to be done on, on that side. It's not something imminent. Um, and then, you know, even beyond that, uh, something that uh, I know everyone is always uh, uh, excited about is uh, the potential of RERAM in what's called neuromorphic computing or in artificial intelligence. Um, the RERAM cell operates in a very similar way to a synapse in your brain. And actually, we've already demonstrated a few years ago how we can implement uh, handwriting recognition. We have we have a very nice demo uh, that shows that. And uh, <clears throat> it was in cooperation with Letty that we developed that demo. So uh, we are today working with several um, uh, research institutes on um uh, on developing neuromorphic uh, capabilities with, using our RERAM. Uh, it's still in a research phase. That's even longer term than standalone memory, but it is something that is happening also uh, in the background. So, Fighting uh, crime, love it. It is thinking big. Yeah, uh, my mind's blown. <laughs> I just had a mind blown moment. So yeah. essentially, you know, there's a lot of growth prospect for Webit. So watch this space. Webit is really is what we've got out of the podcast today. Um, now, we always ask our guests this final question, coffee, tea or tequila? <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd be surprised, but I'm just a water person. And I, you know, what I drink most of the day is water. I guess uh, in Israel, what's very common and, and actually in many places in the world, uh, when, when you have business meetings or something, it's, uh, uh, it's on a cup of coffee here. And the coffee houses in Israel are very, very popular. So uh, we, we love, I, I start my day actually every morning uh, going with my wife. Well, I start my day waking up early to work with Australia because you guys are yeah. seven to nine hours ahead of us. Thank you for that. And so I have to go over all the emails first. But then I take my wife, we go out for half an hour in a coffee shop just to relax and then I go back to continue the work days. <laughs> What's your coffee order? 
Uh, ice coffee, actually. I, uh, oh. I, uh, especially in the summer. Yeah, yeah I, I love an ice coffee. To cool you down. Yeah, to cool you down. This has been some really, really great, interesting insights. And honestly, my mind's blown. Candice, I don't know about you, but <laughs> mind blown. Yeah. Yeah, that's particularly the last um, comment, you know, on the, the growth outlook from where you can take it from here. Artificial intelligence. It's just, uh, there, it seems like there's a lot of opportunity. So we're keen that's to keep it. watching WeeBit's progress. Uh, semiconductors is an amazing space. I've been in it for, you know, I can, I can say 40 Forever. years now, more than 40 <laughs> years already. Uh, and it's always exciting and it's always changing. And, and when I just think of where we were, you know, 40 years ago, it was like, so it sounds so ridiculous to think about it. Even it's very exciting. I love this space. And, uh, you know, WeBit is going to have, uh, still has so much ahead of it. And, and we have such an amazing team. So I'm, I, I am very, very boosted. Amazing. <laughs> very bullish. That's yeah. great. Well, thank you so much, Kobe. Okay. Please remember, although Felicity and I are financial advisors at Shoring Partners, please note our discussion today does not constitute as personal financial advice. As always, you should go out and seek professional advice before you make any of your decisions and don't base it off our, our podcast, of course. And our recording today with Kobe is as of the facts known of the recording date, which is the 16th of August, 2022. That's it. Time is absolutely flying and we've almost been doing this a year, Candice. I know. Isn't that crazy? Um, now make sure you follow us on at Talk Money to Me podcast for daily market updates. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast or Spotify. And remember, if you have any questions or you want to ask us anything, you can contact us at tmtm at equitymates.com. We'll be back next week. Until next time. We want to hear from the wee bidders. Talk <laughs> soon. <laughs> Bye, guys. Talk Money to Me is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Talk Money to Me are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find the ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Talk Money to Me acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.